Hi, this is Barry Bostwick, and you're listening to Zach and Dustin on uh, uh, whatever the hell the name of their show is. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we'd know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. It's an exciting time for us here at the $2 Late Fee Factory. Is it not? It is so exciting. I am excited. You're excited. Our listeners are excited. A lot going on. They're so excited. They don't even know why they're excited. I don't know. I feel excited. I don't know why. I feel this energy inside my body, but I, I don't know why. It's just there. I just, I just feel so good. Like I can accomplish anything. I feel pretty invincible right now. Yeah. Is it getting hot in here or is it me? Um, that's, that's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Because... Yes, it does. We, yeah, this is our very first uh, episode. We, uh, we, ha- we have joined forces with a network, folks. And the network we've joined forces with is Geekscape. And it's very exciting because Geekscape aligns with all of our views. It aligns with our nostalgia. It aligns with our positivity. It aligns with our don't hate, create. That is their mantra, but we say it sort of invisibly all the time. We try to stay as positive as possible. So we are now in great, great company and this is the this is our launching point into the Geekscape verse. Yeah, the G S U, as I like the to say. The G S U. Yes. Yeah. Well, well played. Geekscape is awesome. They've got so many great shows on their network, and now we are a part of that network. Uh, there's more coming your way from us, from Geekscape down the road it's only going to get bigger two dollar late fee is only getting bigger and we felt that it was probably putting our best foot forward with one of our best interviews we've done fairly recently this one you're about to listen to with barry bostwick ace hunter from megaforce shit barry bostwick barry freaking bostwick yeah there, there are a few times when we're talking to somebody and like wow we're talking to talking to ace hunter right now this is really cool we're talking to ace hunter we're talking to a man who has um you know carved a career out of playing very memorable characters on stage and screen and the small screen and we talked about all of that we talked about a little bit of grease we talked a little bit about rocky horror picture show just a little bit but megaforce megaforce is what brought barry to us uh, and he goes down memory lane with Megaforce, giving us some really great news about something upcoming with Megaforce. 
Um, he is very proud of his career on stage in Greece, Pirates of Penzance. He talks about both. And he talks about Spin City. I mean, you know, <laughs> he, he talks a little bit about everything. He talks about his pottery. This guy is an artist, and he may not claim to be, but we're saying it here. He's a talented dude, and he's an entertaining dude, and he's one of the sweetest people you'll ever get the pleasure of listening to. Also, you can go to his website, and uh, I believe it's just BarryBoswick.com, but you can go to his website and just buy, he sells underwear, uh, a little Brad Majors style. It is. It is BarryBoswick.com. You can get assigned underwear, assigned chonies. You can get a clock he made. He'll uh, take somebody's art and sell it himself and reap all the profits. <laughs> That'll make sense later for you. But yes, yes it's a uh, really, really great interview, really great way to launch season three with, uh, with this kind of a, a, just a fun-loving interview. It was really great. I just want to add one more thing. We recorded this interview in December, so in the beginning, you're going to hear a little bit of holiday talk, holiday cheer, and, you know, hey, who's to say you can't have the holidays all year long, right? Bottom line is, this interview was a lot of fun to do. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, because uh, we had a blast. So, without further ado, Barry Bostwick. Wait, I want to I wanna do something. I want to do something. I got to promote this, too. Um... Our Patreon exclusive content, guys. I just want to say, you know, we do a special segment with all of our guests called Two Dollars Six Questions. That's that is something special. As you're listening to this, we've just launched the one from Sally Kirkland. Uh, it's uh, it's bananas, okay? It's bananas. Yeah. But you can't hear it unless you become a member. And if you want to hear just the most insane, in the best way possible, the most insane stories. You got to join our top tier. It's only $15 a month. You then get to ask the questions. You then get a super duper mix CD every six months. Uh, I think we're coming up on some some six month renewals for our lucky patrons. But, you know, it's a really interactive experience. We are so grateful to our patrons all the time. Thank you uh, to everybody who who, um, has supported us thus far. And um, yeah, and that's it. So that's my ado. That's my further ado. That's a great ado. Go to patreon.com slash two dollar late fee two for more info you couldn't get a better endorsement than what dustin just gave you so thank you and good evening enjoy barry mr barry bostwick i mean that's uh, right i can't believe i'm saying that welcome to two dollar late fee we're not going to charge you a dollar fifty we're not going to charge you $2. <laughs> well, was I late? I wasn't late, damn it. So you should pay me. <laughs> you weren't late. We should pay you for the contacts that you don't have in. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, I'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. yeah. I don't <laughs> see it. Do I see a present underneath the tree with my name on it? No. You. No. This is somebody else's house I'm in. I told I told Dustin this looks like uh, his background for those that are listening on yeah. uh, Dustin's background, there is a Christmas theme and it looks like something from a Hallmark movie or a uh, yeah. restoration car- hardware it's, catalog. It's the horrible, horribly lit, uh, you know, I, well, I guess depending on how you, you know, interpret the lighting of these kinds of things, but it's, yeah, it's very Christmassy. And, uh, Wait a minute. are you telling me that it's not re- It's not real. Is it, is it, it's a background. It's blue screen. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's a green yeah. screen. Yeah. I mean, green screen. Is yeah. it really? It is.
It's it's probably better, not as good as uh, your background in Megaforce, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So basically, you're a liar. I. Yeah. I mean, if that's how we interpret, <laughs> I, I'm just acting really like I'm. Well, I'm in you this have house. The, you have the voice of an actor, but if I I would really love to know where you really are. Yeah, okay. Dustin, here, let me see where, if I can. Are Dustin, you in where? some? Are you in some dreary basement in Brooklyn? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. They let me out uh, every five minutes. I'm actually in Zach's basement, and he just feeds me one cup of Jello a day. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I gotta, I gotta make do, you know. I, yeah. Um, yeah. He's in my son's. He's in my son's room. Uh, you know. Oh, you're dad. in the same. You're in the no, same environment. No, we're no. not. We're actually just confusing things. No, no. I'm in uh, my house. Yeah. I, I live in Altadena. Zach lives in Santa Monica. And, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I'm just in a room. There's a there's a wall right behind me, and it's yeah, it's it's fine. There's just no depth of field. And I thought, we're, yeah. we're, you're you. It's the holiday season. We're promoting. Uh, you're in a you're in a holiday movie right now. I am. Basically, I actually the 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 quarantine uh, was longer than the actual shooting time for me. I was oh going to ask, God. yeah, single, single all the way, which is on uh, Netflix right now, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yes, it is. A a, uh, a a gay a gay rom com, right? That's what they say. Is that that's is that how, how it was? That's how it was sold to Netflix, and that's how it's being sold to the public, and the public seems to be quite excited about it. That's great. Um, uh, and uh, a, a lot of people are watching it, and. Um, uh, I I am um, uh, I continue uh, on the path of being a uh, an icon for the gay community. So it's, it's I have to do one of these every year to to keep my my card up. Uh, <laughs> you got to get that punch right. Yeah. Keep your <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how was the movie sold to you? Uh, it's the same way, and oh. uh, it was sold because Michael Yuri was in it, and I love Michael Yuri. I think he's a a really charming guy and um i did a ugly betty with him a couple of them years oh, yeah. ago and uh um uh, he is um well I, I think he is a you know an icon in that community in the in the new york area you know i mean he does a lot of theater and um he's he's a loved he's a loved man and uh and uh, i love him too and so when they put that whole cast together um uh i was he was the first one i knew about and then the uh the ladies came on board and uh they basically stole the movie from all of us you're talking about kathy and jimmy and uh am i saying that name correctly kathy and jimmy i have no idea i never figured it out <laughs> i i i i think it's is it greek or something yeah i think the jimmy i i i never called her by her last name even though she played my wife in it, I just never, <laughs> I never, I never had anything to do with her. No, I think it's Najimi. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, no, it's Najami. Najami. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, you play, <laughs> you play Harold in the movie, and uh, and yeah, it, it's 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 getting a lot of a lot of positive buzz right now. It's a holiday movie. I mean, we love holiday movies. Uh, there's a lot of good ones and a lot of terrible ones. Uh, this one does not fit the latter category. So, you know, you you just got this coming out, but you filmed it during the quarantine or when did oh, you Oh, yeah, film yeah. It? No, we shot it in Montreal right when the quarantine was going on. And uh, oh, we gosh. had to, uh, 
you know, quarantine ourselves for two weeks in an apartment or wherever anybody was in a, a hotel or something. And, uh, uh, and we could, you know, like a regular quarantine, we were by ourselves alone in a room with a TV and, uh, and a computer and um, a, a lot of porn. <laughs> I don't know. Can we say these things? Uh, well, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't know. Yes, we are we not. We are not a. Uh, we are not a PG podcast. We are very much yeah. a. Un- we welcome it. Uncensored. No, uh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> that that and there was a lot because it was uh, there was a lot of BBC. You know all that Canadian English stuff. You know, and I was I was uh, very hooked on. Uh, uh, I think it's called the Pottery. Throwdown or showdown, throwdown show. Okay, that because I'm a potter, and so I was mm. I was hooked on this uh, this show from England uh, called uh, I think it's called the Pottery Throwdown, and uh, so I, I kept up on things like that, and I saw a lot of I saw a lot of documentaries about China. I don't know why, other than the fact that they were very pretty. And I saw parts of China that I, I, I will never visit or ever really want to visit. But uh, that's the advantage of being stuck inside for two weeks. You see things and do things you wouldn't normally do. That's very true. I, that's very true. I think in the past two years, uh, this has been, you know, a, a, a myriad of emotions for everybody. And yeah. uh, I can imagine being stuck in you know, people on one hand go, oh, yeah, but you're in a hotel and it's nice and blah, 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 blah. But you're still stuck there. You can't go anywhere. That's got to be a little uh, frustrating and tough. Well, yeah, we couldn't even go out the front door. You know, I was in an apartment, so that was OK. But I had a little balcony I would go out onto and look out over things. And oh, uh, and they kept on saying to me, you know, if you leave the apartment, they'll know and you'll jeopardize the entire production. So, you know, oh, God, I had, you know, I had in my back of my mind, you know, that I was going to shut down this whole thing if somebody saw me, you know, take the garbage out. Yeah, that's a very real concern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I think that's for when any when everybody was working during that time, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a serious, serious time. Luckily, nobody on our crew got sick. That's great. And we were tested every three days. And um, um, it's a miracle that nobody got sick, I think. The problem with Montreal at the time was uh, not only were we stuck inside and then we had to, uh, there was also a curfew. So you had to be off the streets by eight o'clock at night. And um, uh, so there weren't any restaurants open or anything. So, uh, oh, poor me. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because, it, yeah, first world first world problems, uh, yes. Yeah. However, it's still relevant, and I think we're allowed to express these feelings. It's it's we're human, you know. You, these are things we're we're used to, we're accustomed to, and and to have our lives completely thrown in for a loop, uh, it it affects us all. Yeah, I guess, but uh, I we shouldn't talk about it because. I sound like a crown prince or something. You know? No, you don't. I, I'm I, not. I, was, you know. I want to know about your pottery. How long have you been a potter? Uh, 30 years or something like that. Yeah, I have my own studio and uh, here, I live in Florida now and um, I have a studio, not in the house, but an ex, you know, another place that I go to and it's uh, got the kilns and all that. And, nice. Uh, 
I had when I was living in the Beverly Hills area or Malibu or those areas, I had a, a full workshop also. And uh, I basically make things for myself to give away some charity stuff. And um, uh, I'm going to have my first art walk, what they call art walk in central Florida in at the end of February, uh, where people can come in and see my studio and, um, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll explain to them why I'm not any better than I am after 30 years. <laughs> That's awesome, though. You know, I mean, you should be really good, and I'm not. You know, I, I'm I'm uh, I, I studied uh, the Japanese ceramics. I had a I had a teacher who was a mass Japanese uh, ceramicist uh, potter at UCLA way back when, and he didn't have to speak any English, so it, we were taught through. An interpreter, and um, uh, it was, uh, and then he went back to Japan, and then one of his students um, uh, started started a, a studio in LA called MOA MOA, and uh, we stayed with the studio for ten or twelve years until I moved away, and it was just a little too far for me. But uh, so, so we studied uh, the Japanese style pottery. We studied, uh, uh, we studied. Um, the tea ceremony. So I made a lot of uh, tea ceremonial vessels and uh, flower arranging and uh, all the sort of uh, Japanese uh, uh, crafts and um, Amazing. Uh, things. Yeah. Nice, and it was, nice. and it all sort of blended together. And as I say, I should be better than I am, but uh, you know, well, it, it's, it fills, it fills a big hole in my, in my life right now and always have actually. I was going to say uh, when I was in high school, my only saving grace from the, those four years that I dreaded going every day was going to my ceramics class. And in fact, oh. my ceramics teacher uh, and I became such good friends. He became a mentor to me. And in many ways, like instead of going out to snack or recess or whatever and and having to interact with people i couldn't stand i'd go into the pottery room and i just make stuff and he didn't care what i made as long as i was you know it was bringing me joy so you know i i really that's lovely. respect that yeah that's was... lovely yeah well the fascinating thing about ceramics or pottery maybe any hobby but particularly in ceramics uh you never run out of possibilities Totally. Uh, there's so many different clays and so many different glazes and so many different styles of making things that, you know, after 30 years, I, I, I have gone through so many stages of uh, shapes and forms and colors. And, and I, I, until I die, I can, I can never reach the bottom of that, you know, pit. That's fantastic. <laughs> And hopefully, hopefully that doesn't happen for a very long time. <laughs> the pottery it's, pit. it's a pottery pit where I throw all the crap that doesn't look good, you know. And I, actually, I, I'm I'm one of those potters that has a hard time throwing anything out. Hmm. So I've got basements filled with pots from 20 years ago that I, I my kids, the minute I die, bang, <laughs> into the trash. Oh no! <laughs> oh yeah. So who cares? You know, I mean, it's uh, if, if if it doesn't mean something to somebody else besides myself right now, it's it's gone. It's gone. I tell you what, though, I'm sure you've got a, such a large fan base that people you could easily put that out there, and people will take whatever scraps you have. Yeah, but scrap. yes, you're right. You're right. I'll just put it on the corner of the street and go, you know, 
on, under Craigslist for free. There you go. There you go. All right. You know, you. Uh, I, I have to say, your role as Ace Hunter in Megaforce uh, is is pretty monumental to us. Uh, to the point that at the end of our show, we always play a tag that it's you giving your famous line, and and it, it's it's really become uh the, the the arc of our show in a way it's like the nostalgia of the 80s the good guys winning in the 80s that's kind of what we do on our show we want to bring positivity and joy to everybody and and through one of our favorite decades of the 80s and megaforce is a huge part of that from the director who brought you Smokey and the bandit hooper cannonball run comes the ultimate spectacle megaforce an elite compact fighting unit armed with the most sophisticated weapons ever seen on a movie screen. The mission to preserve freedom and justice and battle the forces of evil. The good guys always win, even in the 80s. Megaforce. We're making a documentary. We're about two years into it. Uh, of the making of Megaforce. And we call it uh, the documentary that nobody was asking for. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and uh, except for you guys, apparently. And, uh, uh, but it's a very interesting documentary. Uh, uh, the guy who sort of runs the, the um, website, uh, uh, HQ, what is it? Uh, Megaforce HQ or something like that. Okay. Uh, Facebook page. And... Um, he was like you're saying he was affected by this movie when he was 12 years old and it really he stayed with it his whole life he's now the 40s late 40s and has collected um three or four of the original motorcycles the 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 vehicles the dune buggy vehicles everything he's got my original helmet and my you know my original motorcycle and um he is uh uh Bob Lindenmeyer is his name. And he and so I got together with him a couple of years ago to figure out how we would make this documentary. And it's really and he's interviewed and we both interviewed everybody who's still alive, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, who was involved in this movie. And, And to a man or a woman, the first thing out of their mouth is, why the hell are you doing this? And we figured out why we're doing it. And it's really about Bob Lindenmeyer, about his journey uh, and wanting to go back to that time in his life that was um, perfect or that was clear Mm -hmm. and clean and and, filled with you knew who the bad guys were. You knew who the good guys were, you know. Right. And uh, and uh, he. looks to me as uh, as an example of a good guy you know yeah. i've and for the years now i've tried to convince i'm really a jerk you know <laughs> and i'm really what they call me in rocky horror an asshole but uh he doesn't believe that he still sees me as a as somebody he should look up to and and we we've had a great time making it because we shot about a month ago we shot the end of it out in the desert somewhere in Oregon or something and where we were on motorcycles and we were and we flew off into the sunset together oh, oh it was great I mean I mean he's we're, this isn't just oh let's interview somebody I mean it's 
it's really like a buddy movie. So it's 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 um, and it's very funny. Commander Hunter, I presume. Uh, call me Hunter. Do you have a beard? You have a beard, right? He I got, does. I got some scruff. Nothing yeah. does. I got some yeah. scruff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, well, I, I'm actually a five foot eight blonde woman uh, with a really deep voice. So. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, like my, you were my first wife then. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I, I never got that pottery you told me you were going to give me. So. Um, no, no, no. Well, you <laughs> know, you, you bring you up. You got everything else from me, goddammit. You know? <laughs> Get the divorce. So thank you, and you're welcome. Uh, so you brought up a good point about the 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 the, the documentary. Why is this being made? Um, there is there is a nostalgia on our show. We often say nostalgia is one hell of a drug because it takes you back to that place that you wish that you idealize, right? Yeah. Uh, if we really picked apart the 80s for a lot of people, they would say, well, it wasn't really the greatest decade in many ways. But no. you take those snapshot moments like a Polaroid photo or the, you know, but if people still have photo albums and you go, wow, that was such a memorable time. And your movie, Megaforce, is it, it has many dynamics to it where you go, oh, man, that scene was bonkers crazy. Uh, this didn't, this didn't go as planned probably, but there's something about the charm that you brought, the role that you have as Ace Hunter. It's like, I was a huge Bee Gees fan back in the day, still kind of am. And I'm like, if I took Barry Gibb and Chuck Norris and put them together, I'd have Mm -hmm. Ace Hunter and that would, all my dreams would come true. And they did. Yeah, you're right. He's not lying. He's not lying. I'm not. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I'm, I'm glad it was, it was, uh, it was an important film and time for you to, it was, we had I had a three picture deal with them, and after the first movie came out and didn't make a nickel, it became a one movie deal. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, but you know what? It was uh, it was a, a really fun time. I mean, we were it was done. I thought it was done right, except for the script, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, we were writing that script uh, on the way to the set every day, you know. Well, what should I say today? Oh, how about, uh, uh, you know, uh, deeds, not words. Or how about uh, the good guys always win, uh, win. Oh, even in the 80s, yes. <laughs> I'll say that, you know, or uh, all the sort of funny lines we, we came up with on uh, on the day. But because all the focus was on the hardware, all the focus was on the stunts because yes. Hal Needham, who directed it, you know, was just the best stunt guy in the world at the time. And, and, and yep. uh, so uh, he really focused on that. And w- we were sort of left to our own devices in terms of what the story or how to tell the story other than, you know, a bunch of, I think the problem with the movie and probably why a lot of people even but still like it uh, is that it was always a very clean war movie. Nobody died. If, if you were shot, you rolled around for a little while and got up and ran away. You know, there wasn't <laughs> yeah. any blood. There was nothing cut mm-hmm. off. There was nothing. Uh, it was just a. it was like a big at the time they didn't have them, but like a big video game with, yeah. you know, vehicles flying and motorcycles flying and uh, people um, dressed up in cool costumes and, and, and one pretty girl. So you always got to have one pretty girl. You, know? you always got to have one pretty girl. Oh yeah. 
I was going to say it was G.I. Joe before G.I. Joe, you know. Yeah, uh, I think it probably was, you know. Yeah, yeah, it was. And if you have any of the original toys or little vehicles or anything, hold on to them uh, and put them uh, on eBay and uh, I, I'll buy them because there's so <laughs> few of them out there right now. You know? Zach, how many do you have? I used to have the entire lineup, uh, but it's a, it's a sad story. I don't have them anymore. What'd you do? I moved around about 10 times as a kid, so... Uh, and lost them? Or well, just... no, I, 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 Dustin knows this story. I, I would come home one day from school. My parents would have a big dumpster out front, and they'd be throwing my toys in the dumpster. And, and I'd go, what are you doing? And my stepdad would go, well, you don't play with them anymore, and we're moving. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So it became a, became a sad story. So but, uh, if we could go back in time, and you could tell your stepdad, wait, Barry Boswick would like to buy these in the future. Yeah. He'd yeah. say, "Well, make sure you get a a, a, a glazed bowl from him." <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, I'll, sure. I'll give you a bowl for a, <laughs> a for a motorcycle. I mean, there's still those vehicles out there in people's backyard, you know. And in fact, we're look we're looking at one. I mean, there's one here in Florida that uh, Bob, who I just mentioned, is doing this with me, is coming in to look at uh, in Vero Beach. Uh, you know, it's just sitting collecting weeds in somebody's backyard because they got it in a trade uh, for some real estate deal. You know, and there's and the big TACCOM, the big vehicle uh, that uh, Hal Needham was in doing all the running of it. That's sitting in a ditch somewhere uh, in, in Canada that I think we're going to go up and try to dig out and wow. uh, see if the guy will sell it to us. Um, it. Um, and, and those things are all, you know, we're, we document all all of that kind of stuff in the movie. So it's, you see the search, you know, you see the, the uh, you, you, I don't know, it's just the love of that time and those things that meant something to us and to, to Bob at the time. And uh, obviously to you too. And uh, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> well, <laughs> I look back on it and I can laugh now, but you know, Dustin and I no, often talk not about when how... you know how much they're worth. You <laughs> you would not you would not be laughing. Oh yeah, no, I trust your me, life I... would be so much different. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, <Man>. really, God, <laughs> you just depressed the hell out of me. Huh? No. But, uh, Welcome to uh, depression and <laughs> depressed very toys that thrown away. What is really? that movie to you though? Like, so obviously you know, th this documentary is being made for the love that the fans have, but what is it about it that, that state make keeps you still connected to it? Uh, well, you know, it's interesting in that I think the, the film, the documentaries uh, is, is sort of being billed as uh, one man searching for the eighties and one man trying to remember them. <laughs> and uh, I would be the one who's trying to remember the, uh, the 80s and this whole production. And by being with Bob, he has, uh, uh, you know, clicked in a lot of memories about it. And uh, uh, and then the next day after we've talked about it, I, I have forgotten them again. Um, <laughs> the uh, what does it mean to me? Uh, just sort of a, it was just a, another uh, thing on the road to um, uh, on the road to experience. I think mm -hmm. it was um, it was wonderful to be uh, first on the call sheet, you know, which is mm -hmm. always good if you're an actor. Um, 
and um, and we were treated very well, and it was a lot of fun to make, if I remember it correctly. And um, I was a, sort of a, a brash, uh, cocky young guy when I made it, and uh, I think I have calmed down a bit. But that's sort of what is it? What's sort of fun about it is I had just finished a production of Pirates of Penzance in yeah. L.A. And um, that's how they found me because I was playing the pirate king with the headband and the whole thing and swashbuckling this and that. And uh, Hal's wife was there um, at a matinee. And at some point in the show, I take my headband off and I throw it into the into the audience, try to hit the prettiest girl I could find. And uh, she got it, the wife. And, and she went home to Hal and said to him, I have found the guy, you know, who should be playing uh, Ace Hunter. If I had been so lucky as to have a steady brother who could talk to me as we are talking now to one another, who could give me good advice when he discovered I was erring, which is just the very favor which I knew I am conferring my existence, would have made a rather interesting idol, and I might have lived and died a very decent name to whittle this particularly rapid and intelligible matter isn't generally heard, and if it is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Amazing. so it's that's how you know that's how you get work these days is you flirt with the wives of the director. <laughs> Apparently, so that's what I'm doing wrong in this business, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Got enough yeah. wife flirting. Yeah, well, that's so that was the story on wow, that, and wild. then when it it came out, I I I was just totally unaware of it. I think uh, was doing other things or something. I well, I, I never hang around. After, once things are being released, it was the same thing with Rocky Horror. I had no idea that it was a, a flop, and and I and all it took years for me to figure out that it was actually being rediscovered in the midnight movies, and yeah. uh, and then I went and saw it, and I thought, oh, I get it, I understand what they're doing, and um, but I never saw it when it first came out, so I was busy doing something on stage or something. I don't know what well, I was doing. Was was Megaforce always intended to be a, a comedy, or was it? Did it have a serious tone originally or? No, it was always intended to be a GI Joe kind of thing, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. uh, and that was um, uh, Hal's, uh, Needham's uh, thoughts on it. He wanted something, good guy, bad guy, very, very clear, you know, because uh, it was really made in the time of anti-heroes, right? I mean, there yes. was, if you look at what, what else was coming out that year, uh, we were we were a little behind the time or ahead no behind the times you know we were more of a 70s kind of thing mm -hmm. things were really changing in movies during the that time and it was uh grittier dirtier uh, you know we were uh, you know probably for all the reason you liked it Every twelve-year-old boy or woman, girl who saw it at the time loved it because they could go home and dress up their bikes and yes. pretend they were in this, uh, you know, in this uh, group. Um, Lasers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and those rockets that we had that we shot off the front of the motorcycles. 
they they went everywhere. They you know I'm lucky I didn't get steered in the back of the head. Oh my god! They, you know I mean that uh, safety was not a safe was not on the menu uh, when it comes to making Megaforce. You know, uh, but. Well. Hal Needham has that reputation. I mean, if you go down the list of his movies that he's done, you know, from Rad and, and Hooper and, uh, you know, Smoking the oh. Bandit, et cetera, et cetera. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a reputation of, uh, you know, wild, wild sets and uh, yeah. risk, risk taking for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he went out and he got onto one of those. Uh, I think he was in one of those little go-karty things. Uh, and uh flipped it out in the desert and broke his leg and oh gosh uh, uh, yeah and uh we couldn't we could never stop saying oh how need him hurt himself you know uh <laughs> in one of his vehicles but um he uh i don't ever remember having a conversation with him about acting mm-hmm. you know you know and uh and i've talked to michael beck you know who was also in it um Yep. Uh, and and uh, he doesn't remember him ever talking to us about acting or, or any of that. Um, uh, he was really focused on the action, you know. Um, but uh, no, it's it's a, it's a lovely thing to have in your background and 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 to not be totally ashamed of. Yeah. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not ashamed of it at all. My wife's never seen it, uh, but uh, that's uh, because. Um, I, I, I don't know. She doesn't see my work. I, I don't let her see things. Like oh. that. <laughs> She'd like to see it, I think. But I, 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 th- I think that the, um, the, the story behind it and, the, and, uh, and what it's meant to people is more important in ways than, than the movie itself. So yes. I don't want to ruin her, her image of me as being a hero. I would imagine now that you're making a documentary on this movie, I would think she would be somewhat curious to know what documentary you're making it on. And she'd Oh, she will be. Oh, she will be. And I'll eventually let her see it. Uh, uh, and she's seen the sizzle reel and she loves it. It's very funny. And um, uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. But but she hates Rocky Horror, too. So really? I, I think I took her to that once. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. She, wow. I, I did, did. I was really quickly going to ask you your relationship with Michael Beck on set. Did you? Because you guys are like, you know, your buddy buddy in the movie. Did Zach you loves to... Michael Beck. Loves Michael Beck. The Warriors. Oh, you do. Is, the Warriors is his favorite movie. Oh whispering. no, kid. No, but he just said Megaforce was his favorite movie. No, I. Well, He's a no, whore. I, Basically, no. you're a whore. You'll say anything to anybody <laughs> who's goes, on the other side of the camera. Decade yeah. by decade, the '70s is the Warriors. '80s. Oh. Then, yeah. Of course. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for saying well, me. Michael's nice the sweetest man in the world. I and I, you know, I didn't I had no relationship with them past uh making of the movie until a few years ago Michael and I ended up at a convention or something together and he was there for the Warriors and I was there for Rocky and uh we ended up uh, doing a panel together for um uh, talking about this Megaforce thing and uh nice. it was a lot of fun and so we're we will do some other events, hopefully. He's well. He's in the movie, in the documentary, and um, uh, yeah, and he's you know he's like the rest of us. He just keeps going on and on and on. That's great. That's great. Well, you're you're a part of you're a part of two cult 
sincerely really deeply rooted cult films obviously megaforce being the one that's near and dear to our hearts but rocky horror as well it's that's pretty phenomenal sometimes people maybe get one of those movies that people talk about 30 40 years later but here you got at least two you know that's a big deal yeah yeah and uh, but i always try to refer to the biggest deal in terms of all of that was when i created the part in Danny Zuko of Danny Zuko in Greece on Broadway back in 1971 wow nice uh, and then John played Travolta played the part in the movie yep. um because it's sort of for me it's sort of like that was also it ended up being you know culturally i think interesting and uh, influential in a way because it was the first show that really explored the 50s and the 50s mm. music in a, in a popular way uh, last summer, what did I do? Let me see. I do not recall. Hey, well, I spent a lot of time hanging around down at the beach. Hey, you guys do want to hear all the horny details. <laughs> I met a boy this summer. It was all very romantic. There ain't no such thing. Summer loving had me a blast. Summer loving happened so fast. Met a girl crazy for me. Met a boy cute as can be. Summer days drifting away to uh, oh, the summer nights. Well, oh, well, oh, well, oh, huh. Tell me more, tell me more. Teacher can't very far. Each week on the One Hit Thunder podcast, we welcome a special guest to come take a deep dive into a one-hit wonder artist with us. And together, we decide if that artist brought the one-hit thunder or was nothing more than a one-hit blunder. You can find One Hit Thunder anywhere that you listen to podcasts. So hit that subscribe button and join in on the fun each week. I, I must say that uh, Megaforce is not brought up in a lot of circles, except this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it, uh, it, the people don't say, oh, you were in Megaforce. But actually, I do get that when I go to Lowe's or I go to a Home, uh, Home Depot. You know, people will come up and say, I loved you in Megaforce. Well, I'm going to I'm going to share something with you that I've actually never shared. I might have told Dustin uh, we don't do it anymore because we're just at a different place uh, emotionally. But when my son, my son is now seven, uh, when he was going to kindergarten for the first time and we talked about like, look, if you get separated uh, and, and if we were at a park or something and, or at a store and you're gone and I can't find you, someone comes up to you, you got to have, we have to have a, we have to have a secret signal. And uh, our secret signal was the thumb kiss. I said, if, if someone does the thumb kiss to you, that, that means you can trust them. No kidding. Well, that means that they that means they should have meant that, that they had to have seen the movie. Exactly. Well, he watched it with me when he was about four years old and he loved it. Oh. So so uh, yeah. so. But but the thing is, if a stranger comes up to him and doesn't do this right. Yeah. He, he, he runs away. He runs yep, away. Exactly. Yep. But does he say to you, I mean, does he say <laughs> what's the sign or, yeah, so he would if someone come up to me, he up to him, they would say right. he would say, "What's our secret signal?" 
Oh, that's fabulous. Yep. Yep. And it never, but he never had to use it. And he never, fortunately, he never had to use it. Yeah. Oh, that's good. So that's good. good. But so he was good. saying that, you know, our, our tagline together, I'd say, hey, Bodhi, his, his name's Bodhi. I'd say, hey, Bodhi, the good guys always win. And he'd say, even in the 80s, daddy, <laughs> even in the 80s. So. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's we, uh, wonderful. Megaforce lives on. And, and I make these notes to my son. Um, I've made over 800 at this point. No joke. Like school notes, right? And uh, Ace Hunter has come up quite a few times in our notes as uh, like their little motivational notes, you know, have a great day, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I draw a little sketch and Ace Hunter is always popping up in there with. uh... That's funny. You know what I found out just recently is that my uh, Bostwick, my uh, heritage, my what do you call it? Uh, Coat of arms. Yes. In my because we're English, go back English like probably almost every well not everybody but we did uh and uh <laughs> the you know there's a coat of arms and there's usually an image of something our image is a bear's head on a stump or something but it has in latin deeds not words <laughs> no way no it's true oh, my i it's amazing deeds That's not awesome. it, it actually says deeds not deeds words not words. Not something that is like deeds, not words. It actually says deeds, not words. Man. And that is the, the slogan from the movie for, for those that might not. Be oh, yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah, that's 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 a huge uh, deal. But we need that more now than ever, don't you think? Um, you uh, deeds, know. not words. Yeah, I think, yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, as, as cheesy as the movie is, as silly as it is, whatever you want to say, that underlying message, there's actually a lot of heart there. And, and oh, no. especially with young people that they take this idea because I've told, I told my son, I'm like, look, do you know what that means? And I've explained it to him actions, right? What you do, you can say you're sorry up and down a million times, but if you're not showing, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. That's it's right. Beautiful thing. That, you were uh, much wiser than me when it comes <laughs> to that. Uh, I thank you. I mean, that's uh I mean, I, I I understand what it means, um, but uh, I I don't know if I've been able to accomplish that in my life. I mean, as an actor, you deal with words, you know, and um, yep. uh, so my life is centered around dialogue and and uh, uh, trying to trying to be funny or trying to you know impress people and. Uh, I haven't done a lot of social work or service work in my life. And I think that's the one thing that when I go to heaven, you know, whoever's going to be up there asking questions, they're going to say, yeah, but, you know, you never volunteered at that soup kitchen in downtown L.A. <laughs> you know, I, uh, and I never did. And that, that's the, those kind of deeds I, I, have, uh, I have neglected in my life. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think you can show, I can, I think you can make an impact on the world simply by what you're doing. You're bringing joy to people's lives. That's something that cannot, should not be taken for granted. And- uh, that's what I've always said, you know, I, I'm to my life. I mean, that was always my goal as to become an actor and to just entertain people, get them a- 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 away from their, their lives, you know, and to, get into some kind of a fantasy world for a few minutes and um 
And if I can make them laugh in some way and, and uh, bring that kind of joy, uh, I think that was, uh, that's my goal this time around. Uh, and uh, it's uh, and not, unfortunately, it's not necessarily, you know, serving turkey on Christmas to the homeless. I, I wish it could be both, but it's not, yeah. you know, I'm, I, it's not. It could be. It could be at any time. If yeah, you want it, well, if you really want it. But I, I, to your point, I think, you know, I think you're helping people in many, many ways. It's not, it's not just as black and white as serving turkey on Christmas and to the homeless. You know, like you're, you're, you're helping people every day. And well, I don't know, but you know, but it, it, there's some selfishness about it. Cause I'm also helping myself, you know, I mean, it's yeah. also, I, yeah. I do things, uh, you know, my kids, my kids come first. I've got two kids in college. One of them is at Cambridge and one of them is at Colorado state. And they're both nice. very smart and into sciences and physics and math. And, uh, they're not at all like me or, or my wife. Uh, so that, that was the whole point was that I I'm self-serving, you know, and by becoming an actor and doing what I do, you know, the money comes in and then it goes out to them, you know, in a, yep. in a way, you know, and uh, uh, I don't live a lavish lifestyle. Uh, I'm living in Florida. We have a, a nice little house and a pool and, and the mother-in-law lives five houses down the block oh, uh, wow. because that's why we're here is to sort of help take care of her. Nice. And um right. And to escape uh, the fires in L.A., yeah. you know. Yep, yep. So well, uh, that, that. there's something beautiful about that. I think there's something to be, you know, you're not patting yourself on the back or saying toot toot or whatever, but you're you're the idea. You got kids. You want to make yeah. sure that this future generation is going to be semi decent, you know, yeah. and, and, and make an impact on the world too. There's a big piece to that. I think maybe sometimes people spend too much time. Uh, going out into the world to do positive things and not remembering that or forgetting that their kids, if they have any, are um, need to be groomed as well, need to be cultivated, right. and need to be because that's going to have a huge impact too. You got you got your kids there, and hopefully they got a good head on their shoulders. And you, yeah. I mean, that's something to be proud of. Well, thank you. That's what I say to my wife all the time. I yeah, say, you, you know, be. she she goes, she goes, uh, you know, but I haven't had a career. And I said, that is your career. You've got two very smart children in college and uh, they wouldn't be there, uh, you know, if it wasn't for her and her grooming and her caring and Absolutely. her sending them to the right schools at the right time and, uh, you know, whatever. We have a slightly flipped script on our end where I'm the one who's with my home with my son primarily and my, my wife is, uh, you know, working full time at her job. And so there are times ego wise where I have to check myself and, you know, it, it, it you run into that stereotype, you know, where the man goes out in the world and is a breadwinner, right? right? That all that bullshit. Um, but that that is a career. Your wife is that is a career. That is a job. It's, it, yeah. it's something that needs to be respected and put on a pedestal just as much as the person who's a CEO at some business or a guy who's got a five picture deal with Paramount, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. If even that's a thing anymore, five picture deal at Paramount. <laughs> so. Yeah, it might be if you're, if you're, you know, if you're Tom Cruise, but, uh, <laughs> I want to bring it back to Megaforce really quick. Uh, and, and oh, just... why? Why do you yeah. want it? You're a you're an obsessive person. We were already no. past it. I I, I no. don't I don't want to I don't want to taint the documentary that's coming out and take anything away from that because obviously 
that we want people to eventually go see that when it comes out. But is there like a, a, a funny story or one thing that stands out where like a little tease of like, oh, this is a really great moment. Well, that's how teases work. You tease the doc so people go see the doc. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're out of focus. Why are you out of focus? Me? No, no. I'm out of is focus? It... Yeah. It could be that you don't have your contacts in. Oh, wait a minute. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Dustin's Hold on. Let me, let me just see. Let me just see. Oh my God! I, yeah, you are. You're in focus. Okay, get in, get come a little closer. Now you're even more in focus. <laughs> no, I, I funny story. I don't. I all I know. There's one. There's one clip in in this documentary um, where uh, he is uh, the Bob. This guy who's making it with me. He's been repairing and and restoring these vehicles with the rockets and stuff. Yeah, and. Uh, he decided at one point in his front yard that he should shoot the rockets off. Oh boy! And he and he to test them out, and uh, one of them went over into a neighbor's yard, and he's never been able to find it. And the other one uh, blasted right through his garage door, and uh, it's hysterical. It's just he's you know people they're they're trying to do everything so right. Yeah. And then when things go wrong, that's yeah. just so funny to me, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, there's a so whole bunch of that stuff in this documentary that uh, uh, the documentary that nobody was asking for. Is that going to be the title, the official title to it? No, I think, but that'll be the tagline, you know, <laughs> no, I think the tagline is one man, uh, one man uh, trying to relive the 80s and the other man trying to remember them. I love that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. great. I would love to touch on Spin City real okay. quickly because that's obviously a huge, uh, our audience, you know, as much as they love the 80s, they love you as the mayor in Spin City. And I just was kind of curious, like, if that, because that was a, a very pivotal role for you um, and you were working with Michael J. Fox. I just wanted to get a, get a quick, a quick touch on it, um, your, you know, how you felt um, working on that show. Well, you know, that was one of those shows that it was six years and four years with Mike and two years with Charlie Sheen. And uh uh, we all thought that when Mike finally, you know, came out that he was ill, we all thought, well, it was over, you know, and, but Mike is so smart and, and, uh, Gary David Goldberg, who was the other producer on it at the time was so smart that they figured out how to bring somebody else in with a whole backstory that was in some way as interesting as Mike's, you know, and, mm. You could play off of Charlie's backstory uh, and and have that be the character's backstory. Uh, well, Mike was our was our executive producer uh, also, so he was responsible for not only being Mike and being the character, but also for making sure that the scripts worked and on a you know daily basis. So we did. I didn't have the same way of working as he does. He's one of these guys that can he can memorize a 
a page of dialogue in one minute. He mm. just looks at it, bang, and he's got it. Wow. I have to rehearse, because I, I came from the theater, I have to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and try to come up with things that I think are funny or that work. And uh, I'm not as comfortable with the the improv part. And and But he was, he was just spot on with all that. So it took us a while to figure out how we would work together as a team. Um, and uh, and I think after the year or so, when we realized the cast and myself weren't going to get fired after every show that we didn't get a big laugh on, because you know uh, Mike was possibly making the judgment also, uh, we I think we settled in by the end of the second season and um, really trusted each other and. Uh, uh, I mean, as you're, as you're, I think you're saying is that it was it was a good show and it had a lot of depth in terms of its characters. Every character was so clearly defined. Uh, there wasn't a lot of overlap. Uh, you know, some of them were very cliched and this and that, but they could be written to on a on a weekly basis. You could give an A story to any one of those characters, and they did over the years. You know, Mike didn't have to always be the one that was focused on. And, um, uh, and I think that uh, that was a, a lot of the, a lot of the success of that show was the way Mike cast it originally. And also he kept changing the women in it. You know, the mm -hmm. women came and went uh, and he always, uh, you know, ha in the, in the show had, the prettiest, the brightest, and uh, you know the most famous uh, women to uh, 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 nudge around, you know, and uh, uh, <laughs> <Nudge> around. <laughs> I got, I got, uh, you know, I got uh, Farrah Fawcett for three or four episodes, you, you know, sure uh, and uh, uh, which wasn't wasn't bad, uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he got all the he, he got all the skirt. <laughs> you know well, thank you that was a great answer I, I i said nothing i said nothing <laughs> that you that you couldn't have guessed on your own uh other than the fact that when charlie came in i, I think the whole thing settled down a little bit because we weren't you know uh, worried and always figuring out why were we being delayed and shooting on a friday night and uh and then we found out that you know Mike's medication hadn't kicked in, and yeah. so he 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 couldn't he just couldn't do what he was doing without it showing mm -hmm. until uh, everything was you know calm calmed down. And um, but with Charlie, Charlie just slipped right in as another part of the team. And um, this was before Two and a Half Men, and he you know he, I think he i think he learned a lot from all of us uh, on how to do that genre uh, and because mike was still involved as a as a creator of it um uh, they were wise enough to as i say use his background charlie's background and uh uh ease him into the process uh and uh i thought that he 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 was really positive uh, for the show and um I thought we should have couldn't. We should have gotten another year or two out of it. I think we 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 could have we could have done that. But uh, politics of of television are way beyond uh, yeah. my my 
ten. They, uh, uh, you know, the owners of it and uh, uh, how much they were getting and how much it was costing them. And uh, uh, you know, when you start putting in salaries for Mike Fox or Charlie Sheen and your uh, or Heather Locklear, you know, these people were making a lot of money, and and we weren't making a lot of money in in terms of television money, you know. Uh, but I think that their overhead was pretty high with, mm -hmm. with those guys. And, um, but, uh, I, we've stayed uh, very close, uh, oh, that's great. you know, and, uh, it's, it was one of those, my daughter, Chelsea, we, we were living in Chelsea in New York city and we were, we were actually making the show on Chelsea piers. And so yeah. what did we do? We named her Chelsea. Nice. Yeah. You know, you know, and, uh, so that was uh, so it, it was so many of us at the time had new babies or young children and uh, Mike had twins. And it, we were all just sort of we were it was a very important part of all of our lives. Oh, listen, don't forget, I'm guest bartending tonight at the Callahan Tavern fundraiser for the Playground Project. Sir, I didn't know you could bartend. How do you think I paid my way through college? Your dad? Correct. <laughs> Who inherited his money from my grandfather who made a fortune during Prohibition bootlegging whiskey, which is served in bars. <laughs> well, go ahead, test me. Uh, what's in a Mai Tai? A Mai Tai? <laughs> well, it's got, uh, it has, uh... what are you, a woman? Drink a beer. <laughs> no, keep going with your story. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm going to keep telling this story. I'll need a drink. Um, give me a Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. Uh, what do you, a woman, have a beer? What do you prefer more, uh, television or films, the, the process? No, oh, it's the same process to same? me. I mean, okay. television goes faster, uh, uh, and I'm much more comfortable with uh, not really improvising, but just being spontaneous. And yeah. uh, I like television because you get in and out quickly and you know and and you have to do a lot of pre-thinking and pre-thought to know what your form is and then you just play within within that and then uh, I, I like I don't like to do more than three or four takes because after that I, I start getting real busy and 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 finding things that, that just entertain me and yeah. perhaps not the audience you know yep. uh I mean, that's what we were doing in Greece way back when after the first month or two, uh, so many of us in the show, we would all of a sudden uh, be uh, coming into the park scene uh, with uh, with uh, um, uh, undersea masks and, and flippers. And, you know, we were <laughs> we, we just started anything that we wanted to do that entertained us. And then yeah. the director, Tom Moore, would come back every month and go just cut that shit out. All right. You don't need it. It's not the show. The show is, the show is solid. You know, the show is, uh, uh, what do they call it? Frozen. The show was frozen, but for us, uh, we were young and we, we just wanted to do whatever entertained us. Why is Danny Zuko wearing a snorkel in, inside the I, school? I, it did. We had a, I actually came out with a snorkel and fins on for the park scene at the end of act one. And, uh, that didn't That's go hilarious. over very well, but uh, the the one that really would who would come up with the craziest things was uh, Jeff Conaway. If you know who Jeff Conaway, oh, was, of course, you know? yeah. Jeff was my understudy for a while, and uh, 
uh, he would come in and he was understanding other people in it too. And he would come out and uh, he would always come up with something like the flippers and the this and the that. And he was, he was, he was a great guy. It's a shame. It is a shame. It is. A sh- How long did, uh, did, did that run? How long were you on Broadway with, with, with Greece? I think I was on Broadway. Well, it became the longest running show uh, on Broadway for the year, uh, many years. And then Chorus Line became it after that. And then other things overtook it. But uh, I think between the Broadway show and then I did the first national tour in L.A. and Chicago for a number of months, a couple of years, maybe. Wow. I, uh, wow. It was uh, it was it was a hard show to do. I mean, it was a, took a lot of energy. And unfortunately, we were all smoking at the time, like, mm. uh, you know, everybody was. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so, you know, you'd get about a month into some run somewhere and, and you'd realize that you're, you didn't have a falsetto anymore, oh, you know. No. And, and if you don't have a falsetto and you're singing 50s music, you might as well go home. Well, I'm glad you didn't. And I'm glad- No, we didn't. We, we stuck it out. We stuck it out. national treasure oh uh, God. sincerely we're not joking like to have you on is huge for us i cannot express it enough having you on our show is a really big deal and thank you for being on our thank show. you i'm, I'm really so yeah you guys uh, uh you're not like fans you're you're like like well i mean fans are fans you know but you're not like oh god it's barry you know it's like you really you really yeah what am I trying to say? We, we know yeah, what like, you're trying to. We get it a lot. Do you really? <laughs> well, that we, that you're that you're 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 bright, and you you I I don't know why you're doing this. Uh, <laughs> you should be doing. You should be doing more with your lives for Christ. Oh, we sake. are. Trust us, okay. we are. Um, All right. We but, but this is you know. Obviously, we, we, this, is a, this is something we love. It brings us joy. Yep. We hope it brings other people joy. And when we have people like yourself on our show, it's, we don't want it to feel like a, lab, like a labor. We want it to feel like a conversation and it's all good and it's casual and it's fun. And you know, we hope that you got something out of this today too. Um, it wasn't just for us and, and your fans. Well, you know, what I got out of it is the sadness of your childhood. <laughs> well, that's uh, kind of every episode uh, of our show. That's, so. that's yeah, the, really. I mean, about the, the fact that all of your toys were thrown into dumpsters, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. whenever you moved. Uh, and uh, so now I am, I, I'm just going to go and weep and meditate. Weepitate. <laughs> I'm going to weepitate. <laughs> Isn't that what Buddhism is all about, right? You know, uh, you know, understanding yeah it's having no attachment to your stuff so really you you got that lesson so early 
Yeah, you did. Yeah. But uh, obviously yeah. you were still attached to it. So yeah. you need to do a little bit yeah. more work on yourself. <laughs> oh, aren't we always working on ourselves? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to hear how much um, money you could have made, Zach. Yeah. Barry, uh, I know you're a busy man and thank you for taking the time out to do this. And, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry. And everyone can go to barrybostwick.com. They can get your underwear. They can get some other stuff, right? Oh, tidy whities you know, that because yeah, yeah. I, I wore them in the movie the whole time. And, uh, in fact, you can go on my website, barrybostwick.com. Did I say that? Barrybostwick.com. Uh, and uh, you can order uh, a pair of underwear from me and I will sign it, but however you want me to sign it and um, <laughs> and ship it to you um, uh, in an unmarked uh, envelope. Um, oh, yeah, I'm making Rocky Horror clocks. I make these clocks. Yes. of all these different kinds of clocks uh, with Rocky Horror stuff on it. And actually, uh, and a few Megaforce ones, too. Um, nice. Yeah, cool. so that's, and I make jewelry. I, I I just make anything that comes to my mind. And then I, I'm a peddler. <laughs> I, I liked, I've always peddled things. You know, you, uh, actors peddle themselves. Yeah. And I remember as a child, I would take stuff out of my garage and go door to door and just try to sell it. I was always peddling something. So now I'm peddling uh, whatever I make. Uh, the only thing I don't peddle is my my pottery, which I probably should, but I, I, I don't know how to ship it. It's it's too difficult. Mm, that's the yes. that's the that's kicker. The yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's but underwear thing. I can ship. Yeah, that doesn't break. Right. No, no, it doesn't break. And I've got and I've got a, a selection of, of posters and artwork that people have, uh, you know, done over the years from Rocky Horror uh, Picture Show. And I basically have bought one of them from them, some guy in Australia or whatever. And then I reproduce it and then sell it. Uh, and I don't give them anything. Other than my buying the original one, because I figure after 45 or 47 years, people have made a lot of money off of all of the images of Rocky yes. Horror yeah. Picture yes. Show. And we never made anything on any of that stuff. You know, it's horrible. So, yeah. so, oh, it's just horrible. So I'm ridiculous. stealing it from everybody yeah. else now. As so, you should. I, I will. You As know, you and can. I'm in fact, when you send me this T-shirt. Say you made it. Yeah. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to, yes. I'm going to, if you'll send me, would you send me the file that also has the yeah, yeah. image on yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Yes. And, yes. and I'll make, and I'll make the t-shirts and sell them and uh, you'll get nothing. Okay. If that's a deal. Yeah, that's okay. a deal. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's free publicity. Yeah. Is it? Well, not when he's, if he steals it though. Uh, but I'll steal it. But, uh, but our, our name is on the image. Our that's name is on it too. Good point. Yeah. Where? It, it says $2 late fee. Can I cut it? <laughs> you can probably cut it out. I'm sure you can. Is it over the image of me going, huh? Nope. I don't think so. Oh, good. Nope. It's gone. It's not. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Well, I'm well, going too. I'll see you guys later. Thank you so thank much. You, Perfect timing. Yeah. Thank you. Right, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win. Even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... 
Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.